Welcome to the Restaurant Rundown, the podcast where we dish on all things restaurants. Whether you're a foodie, a restaurant owner, or just curious about the inner workings of the industry, we've got you covered. With your host, Michael Klassen, we will be talking to experts, chefs, and restaurant owners about their experiences in the industry, sharing tips and tricks for success, and exploring the latest trends and innovations. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dig into the delicious world of restaurants with the Restaurant Rundown, from kitchen to boardroom. All right, really excited about this one. We got a special guest who came all the way from Streets Beltline Kitchen. Uh, funny enough, we're sitting in Streets Beltline Kitchen. Anyways, my friend, our manager, part owner, Streets Beltline Kitchen. How you doing, buddy? Good, Mike. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having me on. No worries, man. I know. Uh, I know this is an awesome setup, and we're gonna get some stuff done today and have some fun. But firstly, I just wanted to. Uh, you know, touch on your story and, and how you came to be our manager and, and what that looked like early. Uh, I think it was early 2020. Well, yeah, early 2020, I was in university going to save for software development. And uh, you guys gave me a call and I dropped out of school that week to open this location with you guys. It was sweet. I, uh, you know, obviously work in the restaurant over the last, it's been about a decade now and uh, off and on but you guys came with this opportunity and i was super excited to hop on board and it's been a great experience so far yeah nice well i mean let's backtrack a little bit obviously you were uh you were a supervisor i think at uh, streets brayside which was our first streets location opened in 2017 and uh so it was a bit of a warm call and that's how we found you and you know we kind of pinpointed you as somebody that we may be able to bring on board and you know i think uh i think there's a bit of an equity piece there too right like you bought in so we call yourself a, a part owner which i think is pretty cool for such a young guy right yeah it's been uh really cool i think i was 21 at that time so 21 21 running his own operation restaurant two weeks into covid so correct yeah. me if i'm wrong i think we took possession march 23rd correct yeah march and 23rd i think it was a two-week renovation and we opened yeah pretty much the day after april 10th 2020 and yeah timing couldn't be worse and as everyone remembers i think the lockdown started march 24th so as we took the keys i think everyone started hiding and uh, the roads went quiet, and we had probably one of the softest, slowest openings in streets history. But here we are, two years later, thankfully three years? Almost three, three in April. Almost three years later, out of COVID, um, and we can see the light of day. So what has it been like the last two years, three years, sorry, and what have you accomplished to end up driving sales and get this place to where it needs to be? Well, it's been a pretty big learning experience. Obviously, this has kind of been my first management position. So the first year was kind of figuring out how it was all going to work, you know, dealing with staff, hiring, firing, getting that all, uh, getting that all sorted. Um, and then as far as advertising goes, it's been getting out in the community as much as possible. Uh, you know, trying to sign up for different events that are going on downtown, like art festivals and stuff like that, going around with free taco samples, hitting the streets, just giving out coupons and uh, making that impact. And over the last three years, formed a lot of relationships with uh, 
with the community down here. Uh, like I got some apartment buildings and like a lot of people that uh, that come back because they know me and they know the staff pretty well. So it's been cool to build those relationships. So how important is that? Um, you know, if you had to give advice to another restaurant operator, another restaurant owner is putting your putting your face on your brand, you know, getting out of the community, like you said, um, meeting people, greeting regular customers every single day so they get to know you as a business owner, but almost you as a friend, right? So they feel more comfortable. I know I love going to restaurants where I feel like a friend. You know, I end up at those places twice as often. In fact, those are pretty much the only places that I end up loyal to. So I know you guys have done a great job. You know, I think we, we, we'd always boast on uh, having that five-star Google rating for about eight months. And yeah, then... for the first eight months and then uh, took a slight dip. But as far as restaurants go, I think we're at, sitting at a 4.8 right now. So no complaints there. But 100% the most important thing was, you know, just getting to know everybody in the community on a, like, kind of on a personal level. Like, like we wouldn't, you know, be around two and a half years later through COVID if it weren't for uh, building those relationships with our with our core customer group. And uh, and it's just expanded from there. Like there are a bunch of construction sites downtown where, you know, we've one guy stumbles in, likes our food. Next thing you know, he's bringing his entire crew of 20 people down twice, three times a week. I got some guys that are in here six days a week for their lunch. Six days a week. Six days a week. Shout out Adam. He, uh, every single day, fish taco, peri taco, I don't know. Shout out to Adam. I can't imagine eating at the same place. Like, I am biased, and I own part of this place, and uh, I can't imagine me. I, it's it's good. You can't judge, though, you know. I'm here on a daily basis. I eat here daily. Well, I can imagine. It's good. And it shows. Look at you, all 98 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> Obviously, our food does have that perceived idea of health, so oh, that's good. Oh, it's very too. healthy. It's very healthy. <laughs> Just avoid the sauce um, and the tortillas, and you're all good. Yeah. Which is about half our tacos, but healthy, healthy. That's okay. Um, elaborate a bit more on this uh, local store marketing, getting out in the community, because, you know, as a franchisor, obviously we do a ton of digital marketing. You know, we take that 3% marketing fee, uh, which we pump into Facebook, um, Instagram ads. We've started experimenting with TikTok as well as Snapchat. You know, we're doing some geofencing stuff where we can essentially geoconquest our competitors and then show them our deals over here at Streets. But it seems we always have the best results when we're out in the community, whether it's a sampling campaign, whether it's just a free taco card, or whether it's just, you know, um, popping up shop at a at a local fair or something just getting to know the people that live in and around your community and i know you've done a lot of this and you've done some of this for some of our other stores so you play give me the play-by-play how that works and what the response has been in in your opinion so what i do when i'm in calgary and what i've done for a couple of our other stores is i just go to the local area i start next door work my way down and i go i hit every single business doesn't matter if it's another restaurant, I go into a McDonald's and I go in with free taco coupons. And I think out of, I've probably visited over 500 businesses now between, you know, Calgary and when I've done these other uh, locations and the response is just always fantastic. I think I've had, there was a single business out of 500 that said, no, I don't want free taco coupons. Everybody else is like, this is the greatest thing ever. 
And it's too good to be true. They probably well, thought. Well, eh? yeah, they're like, what? What's the catch? Like, <laughs> the buy one get one free. Like, you obviously you're trying to get me to spend money, and but you know, it's like, nope, free taco, no strings attached, and people love that. That's interesting. Um, you said you you visit other food spots and and uh, restaurants and stuff. So, what is the response there? Because obviously they can't be too upset because you're not standing up front of their business trying to steal their customers. You're you're after their staff, right? They can only eat uh, Junior McChicken or whatever so many times a week, right? So they're looking for other options. They're down here five six times a week probably. So those are those are some of our best customers because you know like they just need a little bit more variety and we're giving that free value. And I'm very clear when I walk in, I don't talk to a single customer in their store because that, you know, that comes off as a little bit sleazy. I'm trying to steal business right from under them, which is absolutely not the case. Just trying to, you know, provide some value for the other kitchen staff, other people in my industry that uh, I know would appreciate that. Because we've had other people, you know, come into the Streets Beltline location and say, hey, we work at this restaurant. We want to give you guys a discount. I'm like, I like it's amazing. Like we got a uh, Singapore Sam's, the Chinese food place just down the way. And we don't even, we get free food. They get a little bit of free food on a weekly basis. Like those relationships are just great. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been in here a few times when there's some uh, ginger chicken and some uh, salt and pepper squid sitting there on the back counter, which is real nice. It's oh. the, the dumplings. Well, I think the dumplings are gone before I show up or you guys hide them on me or whatever. Uh, yeah, they go pretty quick. But no, that's, you know, it's great. And it's it's great that we're finally out of this funk that was COVID. Obviously, uh, you know, downtown Calgary, where we're located, was uh, very slow at the time. A lot of people working from home. And, you know, when we originally thought, hey, let's open a business in the Beltline, you know, we were banking on these business lunches. And then, of course, the late night crowd. And um, neither of those things existed for two years, which is, uh, no, it wasn't until this last summer that that late night crowd really kicked in for us. Yeah. We, uh, over Calgary stampede, we stayed open till 4am for the entire 11 days. And that's, that's the busiest we've ever been. And that momentum has kind of carried us through and we had a super strong second half to, you know, 2022. And even this new year has been uh, strong, like way stronger. Where, whereas in previous years, you know, January slows down a little bit. You know, everybody's trying to, you know, eat super healthy, save money, all those New Year's resolutions, and too many damn Christmas gifts for their kids. Yeah, they don't have enough money to spend on our oh, two taco combo. Maxed out credit cards. Um, another interesting thing that you do here down at Beltline is you do the late nights. Um. We we have 22 stores in our system now, and you guys are the only ones that stay open past midnight. Now, obviously, select nights, Friday, Saturdays, trying to hit the kind of the after club crowd. How does that look like? How much riffraff do you guys see through here, or is it is it pretty manageable? Oh, it gets wild in here. It gets wild in here. As soon as after midnight, it starts to ramp up a little bit. We're starting to get the drunk crowd that are leaving the bars early because you know they had a, one too many. Need a little bit of food on the way out. After 2 a.m. though, it's it's a mess. We got to line up to the door. People are coming in for everything: tacos, poutines. Yeah, it's girls twerking on the tables, like all uh, that fun yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a club. It turns into like a club in here. Over Stampede, we're you know from midnight to 4 a.m. We were doing the same sales that we had done from 11 a.m. to midnight. Yeah, and it, like it was that wild. Not to say we were slow during the day. It's just like the amount of people, it's insane. 
Yeah, no, that's fun. And I mean, obviously, it's it's just another way to make those extra dollars, right? You know, if there's a regular franchise system, if we're only open from 11 till 9, that's kind of all we can make money. But if we open an area like this, now all of a sudden that's, you know, five more hours of revenue generating hours that we could potentially stay open and, and make some coinage. So I think Bellline has got some big things ahead of it. I think just coming out of the the you know, what was COVID and we see the sales increases and you've obviously done a great job in, in driving sales um, within the local community as well as taking care of um, each and every single guest, right? And I always tell our franchise partners, and I, I know I've told you this before, I think the best way to market your business is the operations within your store, right? So how important is it to you um, how much do you stress to every single staff member that, you know, customers come first and they're the most important thing that could ever, they are our business, right? So that, that message is drilled into every employee that I've ever had here since day one. If, if that customer service level isn't there, like I know very fast with any new staff, if they're going to, if they're going to work out. And one thing I think I've done pretty well here is I like I got really good staff retention and uh, I have a lot of people that have been with me for over a year and a half, two years, you know, since we opened coming up on three years now. And uh, but how many are you related to, though? uh, (laughs) Well, I guess only one that's been here since open Spencer. Yeah, Um, because we worked at Brayside together. But like, you know, we got Declan, who's been with us for pretty much the entire time. I think he joined in May of 2020. And uh, anyways, like that, that's been the biggest thing. And that's what we, that's why our Google star rating is so high is uh, everybody's hyping up our employees. They're like, the service is the best. They're like, food's good. Food's great. But the service is top tier. Nothing you'd expect. You know, like we just got a cool vibe in this place. All the staff are always having fun. You know, we joke with our customers. They love it. So you got a cool vibe. You got the best customer service and you got okay food. No, I know. I know we got good good food. food. We got great food when done correctly, right? And those are the three pillars to having a successful restaurant business, right? If you have great food, you have to have the best food if you don't have an atmosphere or customer service. And there are places, there are outliers like that, right? But ultimately, as a franchise restaurant, you know, our food is good when it's done correctly, but you have to have the customer service. That's your second pillar. And then you have to create some type of atmosphere, whether it's the way the staff just interact with the customers or, you know, the music that's playing and other customers, and you got to have some fun with it. So if you hit all three pillars, you will have success. You will see returning customers and ultimately you will make more money than somebody that just does one or two, or honestly, if you can't hit any of those three, you're probably shutting your restaurant down within a few months of opening. Right. So hard to stick around. So how do you create that atmosphere? I know uh, I know we got quite the stereo system in here, and sometimes we get the odd complaint that's a bit too loud, but, uh, you know, good tunes, and that's curated by yourself or who? Uh, it's curated by whoever's on, whoever's on shift. You know, when I'm in here, we got uh, some good alternative playlists going, pretty chill vibes. But, you know, sometimes coming on those late nights, we're playing UK Drill. People go crazy for it. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, obviously that comes with being a little bit young too, knowing what's hot out there. It's not just top 40 stuff. It's the edgy, the offbeat kind of things. So 
you know, you touched on it earlier. You were 21 when we opened this yeah, place? 21. So that makes you, what, 24 now? 24. So what have been some of the bigger challenges with being so young and managing, operating a restaurant and obviously ultimately managing staff? Well, I think it was kind of figuring out, you know, where to draw the line between, you know, these are my coworkers and, you know, friends and, you know, like where the line is, like, because at the end of the day, you know, I got to make sure we're still doing a good job here and that I'm still the boss. So it's kind of finding the balance between that. Um, you know, I'm still finding the balance between that. You know, obviously my brother, uh, two of my brothers work for me right now. So making sure that, uh, you know, everybody gets treated fairly. That was probably the biggest hurdle, but I think I got it figured out and I think we got a pretty good, pretty good system going. And I think that's why staff stick around because, you know, everybody's getting their job done and we can still have fun. Yeah. And ultimately you have fun. Now all of a sudden it's not as worky as it needs to be. And what do they always say? You know, find something you love to do. Mind you, I don't know if that's every kindergarten's dream is like making tacos when they grow up. But still, if you can go have fun at work, you know, maybe it's a little easier to show up and, and hold on for the long term, right? Well, I, you know, in any other job I've ever, ever worked at, the ones that, you know, are really notable to me or that I've enjoyed or where, where the atmosphere created by, you know, myself and the coworkers, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the work is. You know, like m making tacos, it's not the most glamorous thing. Cleaning deep fryers, definitely not glamorous. You know, mopping floors, not the most fun. At least we don't have you clean out the grease trap and we have someone for that because back in the old days, they used to do that by hand with the, just, uh, the, but just the ladle. I remember <laughs> that happened at Brayside. I have had, I've dealt with my fair share. Yeah. Um, thank God that we don't do that anymore though. Cause yeah. that's no fun. Yeah. But cool. Um, so just talking more on the staffing side of things, has there ever been a time where, you know, there just wasn't that respect? I know we've had some, you've had some employees in here that have been quite a bit older than you. Has there ever been, that layer of respect that kind of deteriorated because they're looking at you like, who's this little shit that's telling me what to do? N nothing that was very notable that like really stood out. You know, I think, you know, you know, I, I interviewed everybody and I think I was able to kind of get past most of that, you know, at the initial point. And if anything did come up, you know, they didn't stick around for more than a week. But as far as like disrespect, I don't think I've really had that issue with any of my staff and not even with any customers or anything like that, you know? I think we've created a, a good vibe and whether it's me or my staff, you know, dealing with any issue or complaint, you know, it never really needs to get escalated and nobody looks down on us because I think we just do a good job of dealing with those problems when they uh when they do come up so i think yeah you know, like i think everybody's kind of at a level of maturity where you know people add that people can like pick that out and you know we get the respect we deserve for that cool yeah i know you've done a great job and seen it from you know a different perspective it's been great to see you um you know grow and evolve within your role and and take on more and more i know you're starting to help us out more on the corporate side of things as well so you know having three years under your belt and all this experience i'm going to leave you with a couple questions and i want you to answer them so what is what is some advice 
you would give somebody who's looking at taking on streets as a business or buying into our brand as a franchise, a franchisee? Some advice to start off. First things first, get organized, get, get your stuff together. I still, you know, I'm still not the most organized person as you would probably know, (laughs) but I'm always working on improving, you know, making sure that I got everything I need to get done, done. And then the other thing is, uh, don't wait to market. Like the first, the first couple months we were slow, you know, co we're like mid lockdown. So there were no offices to go to. There was I, approaching people on the street was obviously not ideal, but you know, as soon as we started, we saw, we saw the results. Well, you had the, you had the free taco cards on the, on the measuring tape, didn't you? Make sure it's at six feet at one point. <laughs> oh yeah. That's just, how you- gonna, just tape them on and just go hand them out. So nobody's freaking out and you know make sure we got masks on and gloves and staying safe but just like just get to marketing instantly um and ongoing marketing obviously like oh it's not one thing that you could just do once and expect results for the rest of time right it's just like there's a reason that coca-cola mcdonald's a and w tim hortons you see all these big brands having to market continuously mind you we still see them on every street corner everyone knows that a tim hortons is a mcdonald's it's so just, it's why are that, they marketing and why why wouldn't we, right? So explain it a well, bit more. I, it's just that brand recognition. Like, you know, we're still a s- small franchise group. Like, we only have 20 locations across Canada. So, like, we're not a common name. So right now is the most important time to be, you know, getting out at least on a weekly basis, if not on a daily basis, just trying to reach new faces. Because the more people see us out there, you know, like then they'll be walking down looking for something to eat on a Friday night and they'll see us and they'll recognize us and they'll give us a shot. So it's just about getting out there. And that free taco coupon, if they never come down to redeem it, you know, now they at least know that we sell tacos. You know, they happen to be in Brayside. They might stop in because they want a taco. Like, and it cost us, what, the 10 cents that it took to oh, print that card, right? If, if that was 10 cents and five seconds of my time saying, hey, would you like a free taco coupon? And almost nobody says no. So, like, it's it's really easy. It's just you got to be consistent with it. And uh, the more consistent you are with it, the better, like, your sales will just keep building and building. And then, you know, obviously at head office, you guys are – working on our, all our social media and, and, you know, TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. And that just adds to it, you know, but it's for a restaurant. I think it's harder to drive sales in store, you know, with Instagram posts and stuff like that. So I think that's where the local marketing really comes into play. And I think the focus you guys are doing is, you know, getting that brand recognition up and getting people to at least know what we are and all of that. But yeah. uh, they, they play hand in hand right you know the digital marketing we do and they see our stuff they see our stuff they still might not give us a try because that's just the way people see it i think the average person sees something like 25 to fifty thousand pieces of of advertising a day without even knowing you know a lot of it's just like in passing or like blatantly a, a tv or a radio commercial or you know scrolling through the apps right so it's just like we fall in that category but the second you make it tangible the second you go give them a, a free taco, which, you know, costs us a fraction of what it actually costs to buy, you know, and in an industry where the average cost per 
customer acquisition is $22, you know, now this $1.75 it takes to make this one taco to get them to try for the first time, now it makes a lot of sense, right? And it almost makes people obligated to come and support you after they receive something for free. Yeah. Well, like when I go and hand out free taco coupons, it's maybe one in 20 people that will come and only get the free taco. You know, if somebody has a coupon, usually they're getting at least two tacos or they're paying for a drink with their taco. And as soon as they make that one extra purchase, like we're ahead by so much and our cost for customer acquisition just becomes like net zero almost. Cool. So stay organized and local store marketing. That's the advice that you have for a future franchise partner. Yeah. And if you stay organized and you're on top of all your stuff, it makes everything a lot easier. Like you'll have that extra time every single week to, you know, go out for an hour, hand out free taco coupons. Um, And maybe the other thing too is, you know, make sure to, you know, train those staff that you see the potential in early to give you that, you know, helping hand with you know, placing food orders, you know, making sure cleaning gets done, um, you know, dealing with any, like dealing with customers. Like if you just like build a good team around you, they'll make your life so much easier. Yeah. Well, you train people to do what you do. And now all of a sudden you can start taking kind of a step back. Right. And a lot of our franchise partners, um, you know, some of them are just investors. Some of them are just owners and they hire managers Um, which is another question I wanted to ask you, which is, you know, how much more obligated or how much more drive do you think you, you feel and have and care about this business because you have part ownership, you know, not only are you our day-to-day manager, but you know, we like to call you a part owner too. Do you think that helps? And that is something that you would recommend anyone else buying a franchise to do? A hundred percent. If you get like, I'm bought in, I'm bought into the concept the success of this restaurant just becomes my success. You know, if we're making a profit every month, that means I'm making a percentage of that profit every single month. And uh, that. And if you don't make a profit every month, guess what? It doesn't cost the owner anything extra, right? So it makes sense from both perspectives. You're essentially just incentivized to make this thing more profitable. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, you know, anything crazy for ownership. Like I don't own a big piece. But um, it's definitely, you know, like I care, I feel like I care a lot more, care about the business a lot more because, you know, it's, it is mine. Like I own a part of it and it's a reflection of me. So obviously I want to do good things with it. Yeah. And you introduce to the customers as I'm Nigel, I'm the owner of Streets Bell Lawn Kitchen. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, just want to leave it there and thank you very much for for coming all this way down again to your own store to uh to do this thing with us and i think we've got a lot of information that you know is valuable not only you know to anyone who wants to listen to this but also hopefully future franchise partners so i appreciate your time man thanks for having me on mike no worries always a pleasure awesome thank you for joining us on the restaurant rundown We hope you've enjoyed our deep dive into the world of restaurants and gained valuable insights into what it takes to run a successful establishment. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. 
Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll be bringing you even more fascinating interviews, expert tips, and behind-the-scenes looks at the restaurant industry. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Wishing you all the best in your culinary endeavors.